Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Leafs win. No intro tonight, Nick. We have a 2-1 lead in the game, a 2-1 lead in the series. Let's get right into it with first star. Who do you got for the first star tonight, Nick? Yeah, we're on the clock today because the next game is tomorrow. So uh, definitely wanted to get a quick podcast in before tomorrow's game four. It's going to be a good one. Uh, first start, we're going to go with Jack Campbell. I think you have to give it to him after tonight. He was just excellent, like especially in that third period. They needed him to be really good. Uh, I didn't think Montreal was really too good in the second period. But in the first and the third, they really were, were testing Campbell. And he came up big. Before the playoffs, we were talking about, you know, what type of goaltending was this Leafs team going to get? And Campbell was around, I think it was a 9-2-1 during the season. Uh, And we said, you know, if Campbell can keep that up, that that level of play, the Leafs are going to have a good chance of winning the series. Campbell, after three games, short sample, whatever, he's at a 9-6-3, Kevin. So he's the first star tonight. A lot of stick taps, and we're going to give him one tonight with the first star. Absolutely. Can't knock you there. Uh, I, I tweeted out today the, the actual trade. So they got Campbell and Clifford from the Kings for Trevor Moore, a and basically a third-round pick and a conditional third-round pick. So I believe that conditional pick ended up happening. I think it was NA up. could have been a second, but it ended up being a third. But what a trade. Like, he makes less than $2 million. I hope this guy never pays for a meal on the road. He's been excellent. Obviously, he's just so easy to root for. I didn't really care about the playoff thing. This guy's played big games his whole life. Uh, and he just has the right temperament for the job. But he's been excellent. I, th- I thought, you know, it was, it was definitely a stressful game there, Dick, at the end. But definitely uh, pulled it out. So you took Campbell from me. I got to go with big game Bill, William Nylander. <laughs> That's three goals in three games, is it not? It is. Wow. So I got to, like, I don't know. Obviously, whatever Nylander does well in the playoffs, you kind of got to rub it in because all those people over the years that said he can't get it done in the playoffs, you know, they, they deserve to look in the mirror and, and tell themselves they were wrong. But he, he's been one of their best forwards so far, if not the best forward. Um, you know, Tavares is out. They need someone to step up offensively, and he's done that. Two games without Tavares, he's got... You know, a goal, a goal tonight, a goal and assist uh, on Saturday night. So, you, you you can't knock this guy. I gotta I gotta give him my first star. You took Campbell from me, but I'm gonna go with Big Game Bill as my first star. If I had to give a, a three stars and, and a first star for the full series out of the three games thus far, it'd be Nylander, no doubt about it in my mind. Forget about the goals. Like the goals are almost a cherry on top. I think what people. I don't think even the people that don't like Nylander, I think they know his offensive capabilities. But off the puck, I think Nylander's been really good this series. He's been active. He's been flying all over the ice. He's been winning battles. Like, I think if if people still think that Nylander's soft and he's not good in the corners and he only can score goals and give assists, which are important, if they still think that, like, I just need to dismiss their opinion from now on because... I'm hoping they're watching these games because he's been excellent. But for my second star, 
You know what? Since I went obvious on the first one, let's go. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm going to go Zach Bogosian. I thought he was really poised tonight. I thought he made a ton of really nice outlet plays to get the Leafs up the ice. Um, I thought, well, Keith obviously relied on him quite a bit in that third period when they were defending the lead like he has all season. I thought Bogosian was fine. He was tying up sticks. He was taking away passes through the middle of the ice. So I'm going to go Bogosian because, uh, you know, I, uh, he's, just, he's just been a pleasant surprise all year to me. Yeah, I, I think any of the defensemen tonight really could deserve one. Um, I, I just think Bogosian, for a third-pairing guy, I trust him out there. You know, he's strong. He battles. He's been a bit of a surprise offensively. I know. I forget what game it was, but I think it was, it was a Saturday night where he had that assist on the Spezza goal. He's in on the forecheck and throws it out front. So, yeah, he, he's been great. I know he was good for Tampa last year in the, in the playoffs, but uh, definitely he's been better than expected the whole year, uh, including tonight. So I, I like that pick. Mine, I'm going to go TJ Brody. I'm just going to keep it going with another defenseman. I didn't know which defenseman to give it to. Like It could have been Muzzin, probably could have been Hall. I don't know if he could go wrong, but for me, Brody, he did get an assist. Maybe that's why I'm giving it to him over the others. But I, just the defense in general, they had that four-minute high-sticking penalty early to kill off. Killed it no problem. I know Montreal doesn't have the best power play in the world, but when you combine all the power plays they had and you combine that, you know, the third period, the Leafs kind of turtled a little bit. Uh, a lot of, they, I, I guess they, it, it was a bend-not-break strategy. And, you know, give I have to give the defense credit. So I'm going to give Brody... Uh, the highlight uh, as one of their best defensemen tonight. I uh, I can't knock that pick either. I mean, Brody's been fine. I think um, at this point, I think it's it's just what you expect from him. He's been so consistent all year that, um, and I think he's just carried out his, his good play in the regular season right into the playoffs. So for my second star, sorry, yeah, this second star now, I will go with... No, it's Austin your third. It's your third oh, star. third star. I'm going to go with Austin Matthews. He had the three-point performance in the in game two. I thought that was his best playoff performance in his career. I thought he was great on both ends of the ice. He obviously had the points. Um, and then tonight, one thing with Matthews is... So, they obviously had that series against Washington. They had the two playoff series against Boston, which got really physical. And... The Columbus series, which was probably a notch down, definitely a few notches down from those two Boston series in terms of how emotional those were. But this series against Montreal, I don't know if it's just how much Montreal has zeroed in on Matthews. I don't know if it's Weber and Edmondson and Sherrod, all these guys kind of really focusing on him. But it's brought a different element of Matthews. It's kind of been like carried out throughout the season where Matthews has been really good in his own end. He's kind of got this nasty streak to him right now. He's been getting a lot of str- in, in a lot of scrums right now. He obviously has that that great smile as he's getting punched in the back of the head by uh, hockey players that are a lot worse than him. So I just love this nasty streak that we're getting from him. And it just seems like he, he's, he's taking his game to another level at the perfect time. Yeah, I... You know, with him, because he's the best player, I think you can give him a, a one of the three stars, especially when you do six, pretty much any night. Um, I, you know, no, didn't get on the scoreboard tonight, but he did have six shots. Obviously, Carey Price had something to say about that. But I do love the physicality as well. I just think he stepped up. You know, I know the power play wasn't all that good tonight, um, but I, you can't really ever go wrong with, with Austin Matthews as, as one of the three stars. So 
At my last star, Nick, I'm going to go with Alex Kerfoot. And, you know, I tweeted this earlier. I know we always come back to the Kadri trade with him, but, you know, I still don't love the Kadri trade. But I will say this. Kadri's now serving an eight-game suspension, while Kerfoot's over here stepping up huge in Tavares' absence and playing very well. He played very well in the Columbus series. If you go back and listen to our podcast after the Columbus games, we always raved about Kerfoot, it seems. And I just think he's that guy that really steps up in the playoffs. The opponents don't like him. He deserved to draw three or four penalties tonight, like to put the Leafs on the power play. The refs weren't calling anything on him for some reason, but he did get the assist. And I just think he needed a center to step up. Tavares out, Felino out. I thought Kerfoot did exactly what they needed him to do tonight. So I'm giving him my third stars as some recognition for that. I wish I could tell the Nick D'Souza. I, I don't know which episode it was, but it was over a year ago, I would say, where you and I had a heated battle over that Kadri trade. Because at the time, I think I, I've been more I've been more pro Kerfoot and I guess that trade in general than most people. And I think right now it's just kind of aging like wine, especially after that suspension with Kadri. You know, I loved Kadri more than the next person, but. I, I, I do think that this management just couldn't trust him in the playoffs. And, and I mean, there's really no excuse. I, I do think that, you know, with that hit the other day, it's just tough to see at this point. Um, Kerfoot this year, in terms of even strength points, is pretty close to Kadri. You know, I think it was like two points below him for much, much of the season, actually. Uh, Kerfoot was tied with Kadri. So I think offensively, Kerfoot's been pretty good considering he's been playing some time on the fourth line as well. I think in this series, he's been good. Like you said, he's been a pest. He's a guy who can play in all situations. Um, they play, they rely on him a decent amount when they're in the lead. So I've liked his play too. And uh, I think from a value standpoint, they probably could have got more from Kadri. But I mean, it's just tough to be that upset over that trade at this point. Because, you know, Kerfoot's playing well and, and Kadri's not even playing. So... But, uh, you know, we're definitely not going to get into that trade because this is playoffs <laughs> and we do have a game tomorrow. So I think at this point, you know, the Leafs are up 2-1. Things are, are going well, are going relatively well. But, you know, we can't talk about things that are going well all the time, Kevin. We need to talk about some things that we would change or some things that concern us because obviously there is games to be played right now. You know, if Montreal loses, wins tomorrow, sorry, it's all of a sudden a best of three. So what is something that concerns you right now, something that you would change, anything kind of that, that you would do going into game four tomorrow? Goalies aside, because we're going to talk about that in a bit. I don't think they're gonna we're going to see any changes coming off a win. I will say that, right. you know, a back-to-back, playing Thornton, playing Simmons, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's the best idea, but it's going to what's going to happen. The only real change I would suggest would be putting Nylander on the top power play unit because they really need the entries help. Uh, I just don't know what Thornton's doing there. Like he's not the lead playmaker. Marner is, uh, I don't know. Like he, he's really not a shooting threat at all. I think everyone knows that by now he's had a, I don't know, 25 year career. It seems, I don't know how long, but quite long, uh, never been much of a shooter. Um, so that would really be my, my one change. Now, Nylander did start the third period on the top power play unit. It was long overdue. Uh, I do 
think that they're going to seriously consider it, um, you know, because we did see it in the third. But right now, the second power play unit's not playing much, rightfully so. I would probably put Nylander, I would definitely put Nylander on the top unit, and I would even consider putting Galchenyuk on the second unit because he's a, he's a good shooting threat. Um, those would be my biggest lineup changes for tomorrow. Yeah, I think we can go back and forth where we'll do one thing that we want to change or something that concerns us and something that we like that we like a lot. I think we're kind of going on the fly today, uh, these, these post-game ones. Um, I agree. I think that right now when you look at that first power play, you have Sandin at the top, you have Matthews on one side, Thornton in the middle, Marner on the other side, and then your net front presence in Hyman. So if I'm Montreal, I'm looking at that unit and saying... Okay, Marner doesn't shoot the puck. Thornton's definitely not going to shoot the puck. So we have two people to really be concerned about. We have Sandine at the top, who's furthest away from the net, least likely to score most likely, or least likely to score. And we have Austin Matthews, who's the best goal scorer in the league. So I think it's just a pretty predictable power play right now. Um, Obviously, there's going to be someone around the net to stop Hyman, but I just think it's, it's too players in Thornton and Marner that rarely shoot and when you have two guys like that it's just like it's such an easy game plan for Montreal so I also agree getting a guy that does shoot a lot more in William Nylander on one side I do think it helps I do think obviously he's their best entry guy right now so I definitely agree there um one thing I will add is I don't know if this is something I would change because we'll see if Felino plays tomorrow but I did want to comment on Riley Nash. He played seven minutes, just over seven minutes at 5-on-5 tonight, which is the least out of any Leafs player. He got caved in at 5-on-5. They only had one shot attempt when he was out. Part of that is due to the deployment. I mean, he did have... He had five defensive zone starts, one in the offensive zone. So I just think right now it looks like he's a bit of a shell of himself. Like, he's very... It looks like he's kind of getting his legs back. You're not going to notice him offensively, even at his best. But even defensively, I think he's been a bit suspect. But um, I guess we'll see. It's one of those things where if Felino is back tomorrow, I would definitely be scratching Nash. Yeah, I think if Felino's back, that'll be the that'll be the decision. I'd be a little bit surprised if Felino is back, given that it's just a 24-hour turnaround. Like if he wasn't able to go today, I don't know if I love his chances for tomorrow. Um, especially with the win. I don't know if I, I feel like that makes it less likely he'll return tomorrow. Um, maybe they're slightly more cautious than if they were down to one. Um, yeah, Nash, I, I feel like he's just going to take a ton of defensive zone starts. He's going to be on the penalty kill. He's not going to do much offensively. I didn't really notice him at all tonight. Uh, I, I know, you know, in the third period, I, I don't mind having him out there. Um, he's a player I have confidence in if, if you are protecting a lead I think just the reverse is you know if, if you're down if you were that you know if you were down to one instead of up to one uh, all of a sudden I don't think you'd want uh, Riley Nash out there at all so I, I do my, my big concern here is scoring depth uh, you know we've talked about Wade Simmons in the past I actually thought he played you know a better game tonight but uh, I, I don't know if they have the same scoring depth as, as I'd like uh, but I have liked Engvall Mikhaev, especially when they had the lead, just the speed and length. I know we've talked about that uh, at length in the past, Nick. But yeah, whether it's Nylander on the top power play unit, I don't want Galchenyuk out there. But even him, like he'd be better than Thornton just because he's a shooting threat. So yeah, I, I think I'm in complete agreement with you where 
if you're the Habs, you're just taking away Matthew's shot at all costs, and you're basically daring anyone else to beat you. I know Sandine did the other night, but you know I think they'll take point shots from the Leafs. So I, I do think you need at least one other shooter out there. Um, the other thing, I guess, I, I do think it'll be the same lineup, but it was kind of funny, you know, just Caulfield is so impressive tonight. I know he hit the post early. I, I just can't believe he didn't play game one and two. That was my other uh, highlight for tonight. And it's it's crazy that today, earlier in the day, the decision was between Caulfield and Tatar. Yeah. And it's like, if you're looking at the first two games and you look at, you look at Montreal and you're Dominic Ducharme, and he, like, the only narrative or only conclusion from those two games that you need to come with is Montreal needs more goal scoring. And putting in Caulfield and taking out Tatar, who's probably one of their better offensive players, makes absolutely no sense to me. It's almost like like Montreal has a cap of how much offense they want in their lineup. So if Caulfield comes in, you need to take an offensive threat out in Tatar. Yeah, that was a weird one. And uh, it was... I forget what the injury was. Eric Stahl, Stahl. I think. Yeah, yeah Eric Stahl. Play. It and, almost saved them, but... And Jake um, Evans is already out. And it looks like uh, Arturi Lekkinen got hurt today. Uh, he ran yeah. into Erasmus Sandin and... So I don't know if, if Stahl or, or Evans will be back tomorrow or if we're going to see someone else in that lineup, but uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think the other thing I've noticed with this series is, you know, a game like tonight when you have that 2-1 lead, it just feels like over the years we've seen them blow the lead. Now, I don't think I don't think they played the third period all that well, the Leafs, to be honest. Like, they got outshot 15-2. I think they turtled a little bit too early. I, I'm not sure that's how they drew it up, but you know they did. Montreal did come pretty close. There's a big shot blocked by Justin Hall on, on Caulfield late. Uh, there's another play where I believe it was Corey Perry uh, just missed uh, a pass that that could have been a goal, but it, it just felt like this was different. Where you know you have guys like Brody and Muzzin and Hall out there, and you know Makaya Vengval, Riley Nash. I just felt a lot more confident in this group defensively, and, and rightfully so, based on the defense they had last year, especially when Muzzin was out. But I guess that would be my other call-out, is it just, you know, finally we have a 2-1 lead and, and hold it for an entire 20 minutes. I was actually following it really closely, how the Leafs were playing, like how they were defending in that third period. And the first 10 minutes, I actually tweeted it, um, and I said, Montreal struggling to gain the line as Toronto's no- neutral zone defending is shining through. Really nice first 10 minutes in the third for the Leafs. So I didn't think, like it was a lot of one and dones for Montreal. The Leafs weren't generating shots for themselves very much, but I did think they did a good job defending their own line, limiting Montreal to having only one chance and then getting the puck out. But after that 10 minute mark, it was, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like they definitely turtled. Um, and it got a bit ugly, especially at six on five at the end, but which is somewhat expected. But I do want to segue into what something you kind of touched upon in Engvall and Mikheyev. Um Engvall obviously didn't play in that first game. Um, Riley Nash was in that third line. But one thing I did notice, I really liked Engvall coming into that third, into that game two there. Um, I thought tonight they were really good. One thing Keith's been doing is... When I look at the zone starts and who start, who's starting in face-offs. So Engvall and Mikheyev both only started four face-offs tonight. 
it was, I'm doing the counting right now, they had 14 shifts that started on the fly. Sorry, 11 on the fly, four by face-offs. That's a bigger range than anyone else. It's a bigger kind of uh, differential than anyone else on the team. So I think that works in a few different ways. One, Engvall isn't very good at face-offs. Two, I think Engvall and Mikheyev are at their best when, when they're skating, when they're using their size, when they're using their speed, they're on the forecheck, they're giving trouble to the other team. And I just, I, I'm not, I don't know if Keith's been doing that for much of the season, to be honest. I, I Maybe I just haven't noticed it. I'm not sure if you've noticed it, but I absolutely love that. It's another example of Keith seeing his players, seeing what their strengths are, and then deploying them in a way that they're going to succeed. Yeah, I don't have anything to say on that. I, I'm completely fine with them on defensive zone starts. I just think the face-off thing is the big thing, where you have Riley Nash, right. you have Spezza. So, you know, if, if we're going to have them as one of the wingers, fine. Um, obviously, I don't want either of them taking a defensive zone face-off, if, if I have the choice. Um, I wouldn't they mind They were on for also. one today. Just one. The rest were, like, literally neutral zone, which were three, and then 11 on-the-fly starts. Yeah, I think that's just face-off... Uh, you know, they do have some good face-off specialists on this team right now with with Riley Nash, but uh, Matthews is pretty good in his own right. Uh, I know Kerfoot was, uh, you know, some of his shifts, they would actually start Riley Nash just for the defensive zone start. It'd be a face-off get-off. Um, so he's almost playing like his one of his coaches, Manny Malhultry, used to play like. So uh, it kind of interesting to see, uh, to see how they use Riley Nash because it's only his second game. Uh, I guess the other thing's... We haven't recorded since the start of the playoffs, Nick. So obviously, we wish all the best to, to John Tavares. That was a really rough, just a terrible injury. Um, you know, we hope he makes a full recovery as soon as possible. Obviously, uh, and then in terms of Nick Foligno out tonight as well. Foligno had actually moved to center, Nick, uh, in an effort to replace Tavares, and now to and now Foligno's out. So definitely seeing how you need more than 12 forwards in a playoff lineup. We've seen Engvall come in. We've seen Galchenyuk come in. And we've also seen Riley Nash come in. And I thought Galchenyuk was fine tonight. I know the, the penalty early kind of sucked. Uh, but other than that, I, I still like him on the forecheck, winning battles. Uh, the other one was was Engvall. And I think I agree with you, Nick. I think he's been pretty good since, since entering the lineup. He's just strong. The Habs seem to hate him for some reason. Everyone seems to... I uh, can't stand him after the whistle, but that game two, I, I remember tweeting it out where he had a great shift where he gets it on the four check, throws like two, three hits, gets the puck back, draws a penalty, and then Weber keeps cross-checking him like three times and he doesn't retaliate. So the Leafs got a power play. So just plays like that in game two, like the fact that he didn't retaliate, he's been a standout for me. I've always liked involved. I've always been a fan. Uh, I just like the transition skill, the two-way ability. I, I was glad he came in the lineup for game two, but that's another guy. I think one of the stories of this series so far has just been guys stepping up, whether it's Engvall, Kerfoot, you kind of take your pick. But so far, so good if, if you're the Leafs. Yeah, I thought in game one, the Leafs looked slow. Um, I thought Montreal's speed just kind of was was taking over. Um, they were obviously stretching the ice, as I think you and I expected. I know we talked about it at length um, in our playoff preview, or a series preview. Um, but I thought they just looked slow, and I think bringing in Galchenyuk, bringing in Engvall um, into that middle six really helped the Leafs. 
and since then I think they've been skating really well. Um, they just look better. Like I, it's, I, I think they just look better. They they look like they want to compete in all three zones. It's it's been a comfortable series, I think, in between whistles. I don't know. Do you agree there? Because I, I think in past playoff series, like especially in the Boston ones, the Leafs just looked like they were all over the place and they kind of lost touch with the game at times. And I don't know if I've felt that at all in the first three games of the series. Well, I mean, that there's that one Boston series where game two is just a complete mess. So we haven't had that yet, where that one Kadri got suspended on, on the, the brusk hit. Um, so even, had, even in stretches, though, like I, I think in that Boston series, there were times where Boston was, even physically, like we can even go there, where they were physically dominating the Leafs, and the Leafs never really kind of raised their level of compete, I felt, at times. And, and I haven't felt that in this Montreal series. I think the Leafs have been in control pretty much the whole time. Um. Yeah, I think game one was just kind of weird. Like, the, the energy really... I know there's no fans, but the, the game just took a complete turn after that Tavares injury. Game two, game three, you know, I don't know if it is just the fact that, you know, they're not playing in Boston, and, you know, maybe if, if there were fans in the building cheering every hit tonight, maybe it would be a different story. That Carey Price say tonight, the Bell Center would have erupted for. So <laughs> I don't know if, if it's just the lack of fans. It's kind of tough to say, but... Uh, Definitely feels like the Leafs have been the better team so far. Like, they've been in control. Uh, game one aside, which was obviously a bit weird. Um, but the last two games, I think especially, Nick, they've been they've been the better team. They've looked like they're in control. They didn't really panic when they went down one game to zero. And, and it's good to see. So I don't know if I'm... Obviously, with no Tavares, I don't think this team is as strong as I'd like it to be. But... Uh, Definitely, it was nice to see the power play going in Game 2. I think you're going to need some secondary scoring at some point a little bit more. Obviously, Nylander's been outstanding, but uh, I, I guess my other call-out would just be I, I want to see a goal from either the third line or the fourth line in the next game. I know Spetsa got the one, but that's a, that's my only concern. Other than that, I think they're, you know, defensively I've noticed a huge difference, and I think physicality, they're, they're completely fine. Yeah, I... It almost feels like, I think the biggest story right now of this series is Montreal's inability to score. And if if you get depth scoring from the Leafs right now, I think they can really take a stranglehold on this lead. Like It's almost like they don't need depth scoring right now to beat Montreal, um, like to win games, because... Montreal's just had so much trouble scoring right now. Like They're having trouble getting high dangerous chances. They're having trouble gaining the line. As a result, they they can't score. So it's almost like that game two is is almost the carbon copy of what you want in the Leafs game right now. It's they have their top guys producing. You have the power play working. You have a goal from your fourth line and that Jason Spezza goal, and you have a third line that I think there were. It was like I don't think they had like a a, a shot attempt against the whole game. So. They just completely dominated their opposition, that third line. So that's like the carbon copy type of game that the Leafs need. Yeah, I'm going to go around the league quick, and then we'll get into some game four predictions. But uh, I, I guess the big one, so we're, we're recording at it's 1040 right now, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And the Islanders just scored in double overtime to take a 3-2 lead over Pittsburgh. Florida... Oh, 
Florida's currently they're they're just about to win. It's gonna they're they're still down in the series, but it's gonna be three two. That's been an amazing series. Uh, the Nashville Carolina one's tied, which surprised me. Colorado sweep four nothing. I think we both expected that. Boston four one on on Washington. That series is already over. Goodbye Washington. But the one I kind of want to get your thoughts on, Nick, because it does impact the Leafs the most in terms of the next matchup. We don't have to do a full series preview here, but the Jets are up three nothing. They came back from a uh, they were they came back from a four one deficit last night, and they're up two one right now. So they have a chance to to sweep Edmonton. What are your thoughts on that series specifically? I think it's going to be a pretty different series. Oh, sorry, on Edmonton Winnipeg specifically. You surprised? Uh, no. Uh, actually, I was surprised in Game 1 and 2. I thought there was going to be a ton of offense, not that much defense. And mm-hmm. there was just not that many goals in that first the first two games. Um, so I think that surprised me. But Game 3, uh, I watched starting at 4-1, actually. Um, and that is what I expected from this series. Just pure chaos, no defense, no lead is safe. Um, at this point, you just have to feel sorry for McDavid. I mean, he had a really nice goal in the game today. I don't know what the score is today. Is it, are they winning? 2-1. 2-1, McDavid has the only Oilers goal, of course. So. 2-1 Jets, geez. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I think it was one of those playoff series that could go either way because both teams are, are quite good offensively, just not that good defensively. And I guess goaltending is the difference. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see if it's if it's Leafs Jets. That'll be a fun series. Yeah, definitely seems like it's going to be at this point. Um, I I guess I can't be too surprised when the Oilers had a second line of it was Ryan oh, McLeod, brutal. Ryan McLeod, yeah. Zach Cassian, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's like I, I know I tweeted this out, but like that's the worst you could possibly be if you have a team with McDavid Drysaddle. Like it's tough to be worse. Oh, 100 percent. And, you know, Mike Smith and Ned, who's been fine. Um, obviously, Hellebuck, Hellebuck's been amazing. I think that's a big part. Like, if you would have told me going in that Hellebuck was going to steal some games, definitely would have believed you. But the fact that Nick Ehlers is their best player uh, on the Jets, he missed the first two games, I believe. So Right. And, and I, I, like, I believe Andrew Cobb had missed games. I, I don't know about... Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been kind of... I don't know if he's 100% because he's been, you know, a bit iffy. But I was actually the opposite, Nick. I turned the game off at 4-1, and then I got all these texts when they tied it up, and then I went, oh, I better turn the game on. I only saw the overtime, but uh, the call was great from Singh, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like It'll be kind of fun to play Winnipeg. I know Hellebuck's kind of scary, but uh, I don't think they're amazing defensively, and we can finally get that Joe Thornton-Nick Ehlers rivalry going again. So I obviously we're not... We're not assuming the Leafs are going to win the series. There's a lot of work to do. But if it does happen, I think Winnipeg would be a fun matchup. So uh, let's hope that they can they can get a win in Game 4, take a, a bit of a stranglehold on the series, and, and go from there. But I want to get your Game 4 predictions now. Anything you want to predict? Well, let's before we get into predictions, let's talk about the burning question right now. We There's not going to be many lineup changes tomorrow but there is one lineup change that it's probably going to be talked about for the next 12 hours um in leafs land and that's who's going to play in turn in the goal 
Uh, Jack Campbell obviously has been really good in the first three games. And Frederick Anderson hasn't played since, I think it was the second last game. Didn't look fantastic. Didn't look terrible. Who do you go with, Kevin? I'm going to go off the board here. I'm going to say David Riddich. I'm just I'm kidding. I would go Jack I Campbell. Say. I think it's got to be Jack Campbell, especially after tonight's performance. Now, I don't know. I know they, they helped Campbell out for a maintenance day the other day. I know he's not really used to this workload. I don't know what the sports science staff's going to say. I don't know if he's if he has even a minor injury at this point or if he's completely healthy. I really don't know. Like I don't have as much information as the Leafs, but I think it's got to be Campbell. You have a chance to go up 3-1. I assume Carey Price is playing for the Habs. I'd be shocked if he wasn't playing. He is. And I, I think this Ducharme is Ducharme already said yes. Yeah, okay. I think we, we could have assumed that one just based on how he's been playing. And I don't know. Like, I... This is the playoffs. I think you got to do it. Uh, I don't want to see Anderson in there. You know, as much as I've, I, as much as we've seen him succeed in the past, like obviously he's he's had his good moments as a Leaf. I, I think it's a hundred percent got to be Campbell. I am still torn. I. The only reason I would I'm even considering having Anderson in the in the net is one. Just based on the research like of past goalies going back-to-back, like usually the second day there's quite a drop-off um, in play. Plus, Campbell kind of battled an injury all year. And if he plays tomorrow and knock on wood, like if something happens to him, that's brutal. Like that's It's, it's going to look just terrible on the coaching staff. The chances of the Leafs you know, advancing in this round, advancing in the playoffs in general, just significantly takes a hit i don't know so, you could say that any game though right like tonight he could have got hurt i know he could have got hurt but it, i mean it's back to back you know like your chances of getting any sort of like getting tired getting playing worse getting injured do go up how many like, goalies in the that's, league that's, how many starters in the league wouldn't start this game i know mike smith started the back-to-back i know hellebuck did i the thing is, if if Campbell comes to you and says, like, I really don't feel 100%, then I guess you could go with Anderson. But I just feel the adrenaline's going to take over this time of year. And the way he's playing right now, I, I, I think you got to do it. I think you got to do it. What's your it's, prediction? Not who do you want. What's your prediction? I think they're going to go with Campbell. I, I, it's, it's almost like I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, to be honest. Um... I think it's going to be Campbell. I think he's been playing too well to to not play him. And Frederick Anderson's been too shaky all year to go with him. Um, and also the fact that, that today, when they asked Sheldon Keefe about it, he said that he hasn't made up his mind yet. I feel like if... And, and I don't think Campbell did anything today that would kind of change his mind. So I, my prediction will be Campbell. Uh, if it was my decision... It'd probably be Campbell too, but I'll think it. I'll take an, another hour to think about it. Yeah, the uh, the Oilers just tied it up, so who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see a miraculous three zero series comeback. But I'm with you there. I do think it'll be Campbell as well. I want to get some other predictions from you for Game Four. I want to know who you think's going to win and who's going to be who's going to be one of the three stars. Someone. I know Matthews is an easy one. I'm going to not let you pick Matthews, but who really steps up in game four? It could be for either team. If you're going to predict a Habs win, 
you can easily say someone on Montreal, but I'll be a little bit disappointed in you, Nick, but you're allowed. This feels like an Austin Matthews game tomorrow. Um, he's just owned the Montreal this year. He did have that three-point performance in Game 2, but I just don't think they've had an answer for him all series. I'm going to say that he gets a power play goal tomorrow and a five-on-five goal tomorrow. And we also get a Cole Caulfield goal because he's virtually the only player that can create offense for himself, other than maybe Suzuki, um, on Montreal. And I think he had a few good chances today. So I'm going to go with two goals for Matthews and one goal for Caulfield. So... I didn't go too, I'm not, I'm not being too uh, too adventurous here with the two best goal scorers in the game scoring, but that's gonna that's what I'm going to go with. How about for a score? What are you thinking? Because, you know, Price and Campbell have been great, but it's also back-to-back, so I guess you got to kind of weigh. So you got at least two goals for the Leafs. I'll say 4-2 with the fourth goal being an empty netter. Is Zach Hyman empty netter? I am going to, I'm going to say Kerfoot, another one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a 3 2 overtime win for the Leafs. We haven't seen overtime. We haven't seen overtime yet. And it seems like every every other series is just overtime after overtime. I hope it doesn't go to overtime just because it's way too stressful. I cannot stand it. But I I feel like we're going to be due for one eventually. Um,. I, it feels like right now it's going to be tough to beat a goalie four times, though maybe the back-to-back will help. Obviously, you know, Price was pretty busy in the first two periods tonight. He did get a bit of a break in, in the third, but hopefully he's a little bit tired out, I, I hope. I'm going to say that we see an Alex Galchenyuk goal tomorrow. I don't know why. He's not playing that much, nine minutes. I don't even know if he's going to play. If, if, if Foligno comes back, maybe he doesn't even play, but... He's got a good shot. He's playing with Nylander right now, who's just on fire. Great transition player. I just see a, a big Galchenyuk goal coming against his old, his former team. We've seen like former Leaf after former Leaf score against the Leafs over the years. I feel like we're due for a, a Galchenyuk goal against the Habs. So I'll go with him. I also think it's going to be a big Mitch Marner game because you know he did have a nice assist tonight, but I don't think we've seen... He actually had two assists on, on Saturday nights. It's, it's kind of funny with him. Sometimes, you know, you think he does nothing and he ends up with two assists. He's just kind of the classic player for that. But I feel like he, he's going to take over eventually. He's, he's gotten pretty close. I think this is this is going to be the game where he really shines and, and looks like one of the stars, one of the forwards that the Habs don't have, if you will. I hope so, because uh, I know that he has the points, but I also am expecting more from Marner. Um, especially offensively. I think defensively he's been pretty good. He's been good on the penalty kill. He's been good when defending leads. But, um, you know, that's not why he gets paid the big bucks. He gets paid the big bucks because he can be the difference maker when the team isn't playing well, when they are playing well. So I don't want to see any more Nylander versus Marner debates on my timeline. I want both of them to be playing like they they should be. Uh, So I will be... The number one fan if your prediction does come true, Kevin. Yeah, I think they go hand in hand with you picking Matthews, me picking Marner, because they play together. So one guy's going to be passing it, one guy's going to be shooting it. But I'm I'm excited. I'm thrilled to be up 2-1. Big game four coming up tomorrow night. And we'll see. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see everybody later this week. Bye.